The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play at your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who knows it's all about family. Josh Barboni, how are you doing this evening? Family. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, I guess. It's been another uh, long, rough day. Uh, being sick again. I now I'm. I got sick. Got my wife sick, and now I have what she has. So I just had two days of no cold, and now I'm back sick again. <laughs> it's been know. great. My kid crapped in his underwear today and peed through his pants twice. And well, it sounds like a great day, Josh. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it sounds like a stellar day. <laughs> Gotta take it on stride. Family. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that this wasn't even tied to that because I didn't know any of those things. But hey, there we go. That works out well. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know why. Just, you know, this is episode 222. It made me think of the Fast and the Furious, which then made me think of Too Fast, Too Furious. And then, you know, family. What, what else do you think of when you think of the Fast and the Furious but family? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so. How about you? How are you doing? Oh, you know, hanging in there. We, you know, as you know, but our listeners may not, it, uh Winter officially hit here. It got real cold and we got a lot of snow and that has been, you know, my Friday and my Saturday. We're getting that all taken care of. And yeah, it, it is still kind of amazing to me that I got out Saturday morning to clear the snow from the driveway and the sidewalks in front of my house and stuff. And there's like this race to like get out there and get it as clear as possible. Because even though the high was supposed to be like 10 degrees, uh, as long as you, you know, get that snow away and get it down so that you have the concrete exposed like the sun will heat that up and melt off any of that little residual snow that's hanging out there you know so there's always like this race to be like okay i gotta get this done before the sun hits (laughs) it so that you know we can have as clear of a driveway as possible as soon as possible but uh, it also there's a lot of peer pressure in my neighborhood Uh, i have one neighbor who's a few houses down who uh has a does a very thorough job of snow removal i think is the, the best way to put it um and this uh, this includes like summer, like mowing their lawn and things like that. But uh, so much so that when they snowblow, they also snowblow the road in front of their house. Really? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, so they they really make sure that there is there's no snow that's potentially going to go like up into the driveway or into the yard. Um, I have been there when um, the the partner slash girlfriend slash wife whoever uh, gets home and he will come out with like. Um, uh, like a leaf blower and like blows the snow off the car before it like pulls into the driveway or into the garage, like very, very committed to 
um, all that stuff. And that's great. You know, that works for them. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, I am actually really happy that they live where they do, though, because they're the folks who have like the fire hydrant <laughs> stuff. So it's like always fire hydrant, always great, easily accessible. You know, like it's always, you know, snow's all cleared around from there and things like that. So I do appreciate that they live where they do because they do a lot <laughs> of good job of, of making sure all that happens. So, uh-huh. um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. So it's been a, a couple of days inside. We prepared to went grocery shopping Thursday night on the on the way home from work and picked up some essentials for the weekend since it is a holiday weekend here in the US. So, you know, that way we had food for like Monday and stuff, depending on, you know, how how bad the weather was. But it's fine. Today was totally fine. Uh, the roads were still pretty bad Saturday, but today is totally fine. Yeah. So and I just, you know, I always think about the fact that I could live in a warmer state. Like where, what I what I do, I could do in almost any state in the country, and I still choose to live here. I don't know what the heck I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but yeah. So Josh, you know when it comes to the Fast and the Furious, yes, I, I think there are a group of people who there are a, a passionate fan base around that movie series. There are people who absolutely love that movie series. Yeah. And I would say, you know, that the, the initial movies, especially I, I think were underappreciated. Like they were doing something a little bit different. Um, the movies have gotten a little bit out of hand. I feel like uh, they're, you know, if you think about where they started to where they are now. Yeah. <laughs> and like what the organization was doing then and what they're doing, like, it's pretty like, those are, very like two opposite sides of a coin, basically. Stealing um, like, TV VCR combo TVs, <laughs> right from the back in the of the first movie. Trucks. Yep, <laughs> to you know submarines. Hey, that's cool. Whatever. Taking um, out Russian nuclear silos or whatever yeah. they did. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but Josh, that that made me think of like when we talk about like underappreciated. Then like, what are some underappreciated games? Underappreciated movies? Underappreciated television shows? For our pregame topic, what's something that? It might even be something that's good, but you know, still don't think it's the credit it deserves. What, what's a thing or two, game, movie, TV, that you feel is <clears throat> underappreciated? It's always tricky because I know I'll say something and people are like, um, that's pretty appreciated. Don't you know that? And I'm like, well, I think <laughs> it's underappreciated. Right. Um, For games, I mean, if you're in this... um genre uh i don't think it would be considered underappreciated but i think in general i think um dead space is probably a pretty underrated game okay um it's definitely beloved in like survival horror uh groups but i also think it's a game that can be played by people who don't like survival horror it's definitely a game i think it really didn't get appreciated until like 10 years after it was out also like i feel like it was a very small group of people who played that game when it came out. Um, and I think we talk about Spec Ops the line a lot. I think that's also a, an underappreciated game uh, if we're talking games. Do you have uh, like movies or television thing, shows I that mean, you think are? Yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of the ones I could, would consider like they're more, they're more commonly known as like cult favorites like Cube, mm-hmm. um, uh, Army of Darkness, definitely underappreciated movie because people won't even give it a chance because they think it's another evil dead movie and while technically that's true it's actually more of a comedy than anything else um i'm trying to think of like uh there's a lot of movies um that are underappreciated and now i'm just i'm struggling to think of one because there's so many that 
Um, I'm trying to think of. There was a... It's not going to matter if I can't think of the name of it. Um, <laughs> there's a specific movie I'm thinking of. Uh, the movie Equilibrium is very underappreciated. That's a good one. That was actually one of the ones of, I was thinking of. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people have seen that or even know what it is. Um, one of Christian Bale's first films. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? What's an underappreciated movie? Shoot. What are your thoughts on... Because uh, I... I... I feel like sometimes I, I am just like disconnected when people are like, this movie is really underappreciated because I'm like, I, I just maybe didn't feel the same way about it as others. Sure. And one of the movies, especially in film circles that people talk about being underappreciated is pop star. Never stop. Never stopping. Oh yeah. That is an underappreciated movie. Yeah. Cause that's that is one, a I very mean, good movie. Yeah. I saw that movie and like, I, I thought it was fine. Um, and I feel like MacGruber is kind of like in that, I couldn't too. watch MacGruber. I actually stopped watching it. Oh, really? Um, but if we want to stick, uh, if you want to stick with that, if we can stick with Andy Samberg, because I think Hot Rod is an incredibly underappreciated movie. Actually, I can see that. very good movie. Um, which was the same. I think it's much better than Popstar, mm-hmm. but I also didn't expect either of them to be good. Um, and I think that Hot Rod is very good. Yeah, I, part of the reason I think that people say pop star is so underappreciated is because when you go in with the expectations, which I thought that movie was going to be hot garbage. Yeah. And it's yeah. not hot garbage. Like it is a, it's a totally fine movie. Um, I think it just seems way better than yeah. that, that people anticipated because they're like, Oh, I, I really didn't think that this was going to be a good thing. Um, I think potentially another one for me, another movie that's a little underappreciated is Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I'm I'm not in that category, but uh, did you see it? And not like it, or yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't. Okay, like it, but that's okay. Yeah, and I think it's totally reasonable to to not like that movie, but I I do think it's better um, than than most people give it credit for. Though I think my probably. I don't even know if this is appropriate to say this movie is underappreciated, but I think it's underappreciated. Uh, I still think Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat, whatever you want to call uh, it, okay. um, is is very underappreciated. If I recall, I don't think you're a huge fan of that film. No, I love that movie. Oh, you do love that movie? Okay, yeah. someone else we talked to I know is not a huge fan of that movie, but I can't remember who Might it be Donnie. Is. I don't be. know. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think that movie, I think that movie is great. So um, as far as games go, though, that are underappreciated, and I, th- I do feel that this is going to t- most people are going to say this this isn't true um but i i really do think that i really think guitar hero 2 does not get the love and appreciation it deserves because it was going up against rock band well just because it genuinely like okay so guitar hero obviously was like the smash this phenomenon that came out and people are like oh this is so cool and i think guitar hero 2 improved <laughs> on it in just about every way yeah but then i don't i don't know like for me it genuinely is like a seminal video game like when you talk about like amazing awesome video games that you would love to play or have that experience of playing for the first time again yeah like that is one of those games for me and i just feel like for a lot of people uh it gets kind of lumped into the plastic instrument game situation sure. but i think it was a really good game like it was a really well done version of that game and like i think once you get to like guitar hero 3 there starts to be some step backs and kind of the way things work there so i think guitar hero 2 just is almost i don't want to say it's like the ideal 
version of of a music game, but it's darn close to about as good as a to me at least a music game can get. Fair. And I think I don't anytime, disagree. and I think anytime you say that like X is like the best version of a thing, and I, I, the risk potential, but it's not as appreciated as other like best of games, right? Like, yeah, that to me then it says it's underappreciated. So, but listeners. What underappreciated games, underappreciated shows, movies uh, are out there for you? We'd, lo- we'd love to know. Um, hit us up and let us know. And we'll talk about them. Maybe we'll do a whole episode about underappreciated things. I got to um, see if I can figure out what this movie is. It's going to bog me. <laughs> well, while you're looking for that, I will do our housekeeping. Basic. Ba- With John Travolta and Tay Diggs. I'm going to feel really bad if I've seen this movie and I have Very known. underrated movie. Very underrated. Okay, uh, I do recognize this this poster slash cover. It's so good. It's so good. Huh. Okay. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but if people are interested in watching something they probably never heard of that I think is underappreciated, uh, basic would be that film. It says I can watch it now on Hulu. So hmm. there we go. When there I go. just looked it up on Google. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out the stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud. We're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network, and we'd like you to encourage. Oh my gosh, Josh, I'm really struggling with changing like the way You'll that get I do it. You'll get and it. talk about PSVG. <laughs> Goodness gracious! And if we were a professional podcast, I would edit this out and and you know have it well, just be perfect. But we're we just going to keep going to do this. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, Dollar Cinema, and anything else we decide we want to do and put a podcast out for. Because who knows? It could be just about anything. That's right. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. So, Josh, what's on your playlist this week? Okay. Well, let's start with Anacrusis, a game that is in preview that's on both Xbox and Game Pass PC. Both Game Pass on Xbox and PC. Um, it's fine. It's not great. It's it's okay. uh, it's back for blood in space on a space station. Um, it basically steals um, enemy types straight out of Left 4 Dead, uh, which is fine. Uh, I just didn't enjoy it. It's clunky. It doesn't feel very smooth. Um, I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, four player versus hordes of space zombies on a space cruise ship is really what the game is. Gotcha. Not very, they don't really give you, it's, you can do campaign, but they don't really give you like, it doesn't even really give you story. And like when I started it, it started with like this audio and I was like, wait, is this story? What's happening? It was very unclear. And then they just kind of throw you into a room with guns and say, pick a gun and go. So, um, so this is, I, I just looked up real quick the game yeah Uh, and this is the ign early access review and i haven't been on ign in forever but anyway here's what it says and let me see if you agree with this uh and again this is from ign's early access review for anacrusis it says quote the gunplay is dull the enemies never change and small handful of levels all meld together into the same tiresome tiresome grind with a noticeable amount of jank sticking to the early access launch version and some weird graphical lapses the anacrusis becomes a difficult game to recommend at this stage yeah sounds about right (laughs) okay 
So hey, good job, IGN. <laughs> what uh, pulled you to try this out then? Uh, I I saw I I saw it pop up and I highlighted it to see what it was, and you know it just highlights gunplay and four player like shoot 'em up. I thought it looked cool from the preview, so I figured I would try it. And it's part of Game Pass, so gotcha. you know. Well, hey, hurt. <laughs> Lyric is playing it on Twitch right now, so there's probably a lot of people watching it get played at least currently. Yeah, there you go. People all deciding if they want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Speaking of Game Pass, I picked. Uh, I tried the Pedestrian, which was something that I thought looked interesting. Um, and I've been playing it a whole bunch. Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a puzzle uh, platformer. Uh, I didn't think I would like it. Uh, it is difficult in parts, but essentially you are a stick figure moving through um, signs in the world from subways to busy streets to uh, other places as you progress through levels. And uh, they do add puzzle elements, more puzzle elements as you progress to make it more challenging. Um, uh, It's just really cool. I don't even want to spoil it for anyone. It's on Game Pass, so if you have it, try it. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun, and I'll keep playing. I don't know how long the game is, but I put in a few hours today. and then I got to one puzzle and I was like, okay, this is a good spot to save it at because I <laughs> don't have the brain capacity to do this right now. <clears throat> um, Real quick, Josh. Yeah. Based off what you just said, how often do you look up the solutions for puzzles in games? Never. Well, okay. That's not true. That's a lie. Um, if I am invested in a game that I put in a lot of hours into, um, like a Resident Evil, and I've tried as much as I think I can try um, before giving up, then if I have to, I'll look up a solution. But typically I won't do it because I want to like do it on my own. Gotcha. Um, according to how long to beat the pedestrian is about four hours. Okay. So I'm probably pretty close to finishing it, which would be nice. Um, also speaking of game, well, all of this is game pass. My, what you playing is sponsored by game pass this week. Um, I had some time, uh um this afternoon so i was like i played the pedestrian and i was like i kind of want something a little bit more lively so i was like ah, i think i'll jump back into halo like i was kind of tossing back and forth between what i wanted to do i jumped back into the campaign and I, man i was like i think i hate this whoa hate <laughs> i think like i got into the thing and i'm looking at this map and i'm like okay, I have no clue on what I should do for my main story mission. So then I clicked on the available, like the missions Mm -hmm. and it's like very unclear. There's only a, like some of them are highlighted blue Mm -hmm. and they don't say completed. And then some of them are cleared out and they say completed. So they're like translucent, but then I went to the blue ones and they were completed. It just didn't say completed. They were like the bases, like, yeah. uh, and but it didn't say completed, but one of the bases wasn't blue and did say completed. So now I'm like, what even is this? What is going on right now? I feel stupid. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna go do this thing. So then I went to go do um a bad guy, like a red boss fight, whatever. Mm-hmm. A wanted person. Yeah. Um, so I ended that and then like then I was like, okay, this feels better. Like and then I actually felt like I was playing Halo. I just, I really am struggling to enjoy Halo in this form of map. 
Mm. And but but the more I was playing it, I was appreciating the option, the abilities to do different things different ways. Right. I just man, I, there's something about it that it doesn't feel good to me or doesn't feel right to me. Um, but I did play it for like an hour um, and felt good about what I did. Like I felt accomplished mm-hmm. and um, I still really like the combat, but sometimes like sometimes it also feels a little cheap because like you'll be in the middle of a mission and they'll just decide to drop pod four of these guys who are almost invincible and they just charge at you and, and I'm constantly out of ammo. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, yeah. How do they expect me? And then I just die. Pick up other guns, Josh. <laughs> yeah, well, that, not when you're just roaming through the world. There's not just <laughs> guns lying around. Um, so I, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with this game right now. So we'll see where that goes. But I'm still playing it. But I mean, Halo's in trouble come February. I'm not going to have any time for Halo. <laughs> well, and I think it's kind of surprising that like I have finished the Halo campaign and you haven't. Yeah, I just haven't. I, well... I think I can say why, because every Halo campaign I played co-op. Oh, that makes sense then. That every really Halo campaign. So it feels it feels lonely without like one or three other people playing with me, which is a bummer. I think one thing that I I didn't talk too much about when I was talking about you know finishing up the Halo campaign. I, part of the my issue with it, and overall, it's totally fine. Like there, there's really nothing. There's nothing technically wrong with it. The gunplay is very good, like all that stuff. Yeah. But the open world, like you said, it is the map is a little bit confusing, but the open world's very open. Yeah. Which is fine. But when you're in the story missions, for the most part, it's very, very and I, I'm someone who likes linear games. Me too. And I even like linear action games that are telling me a very specific story. Obviously, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, a game last year that I loved. But here was the difference: is that when I was in the story missions for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxies, the world then was very interesting. When I am in the story missions for Halo, it is gray hallway after gray hallway after gray hallway. Yeah. And I think that for me is the biggest difference is that like literally you'd be like, okay, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go around and I'm going to come out another area. And guess what? I'm going to do that again. And then I'm going to do that again. And then right. I'm going to do that again, because that's just the way every single like story mission map was like once you really get into the story. And I think that was a big reason I had an issue with it is I had this really cool space opera experience in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. And now I hear I come to another space game and it is like that very stereotypical gray future space thing a whole lot of the time. Like obviously when you're in the open world, it's very green and lush and that's cool, but there's not like the real diversity is either super green or it's super gray, nothing in between. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. Uh, yeah. So that's Halo. Uh, and I'm playing my homework. I'm playing Firewatch, which as I told Kyle, uh, not the game I was thinking of. I still don't know what that game was that I was thinking of. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm intrigued, I guess is what I'll say, um, by this game. Um, I like the dialogue. I'm actually feeling uneasy about certain points that where I'm at now. I'm like, is this a horror game? <laughs> I'm like, what's, <laughs> yeah. is this supposed to be like, it's just a, like a, a very mysterious game um, where you play, I can't remember my guy's name because um, that's not referenced too often. It's just mentioned a few times at the top, um, but he's having, he takes, he has a, 
uh, family troubles, which I, I won't spoil for anyone who wants to play it. And he kind of runs away from these problems, so to speak. Um, I think that's a little harsh from like for me to say he's just kind of escaping a problem that doesn't have a solution. So he goes far away from everybody. He goes out to this job, which is Firewatch, which is the people who um, go sit in the middle of the woods and look out for fires and check for um, hooligans shooting off fireworks or whatever. And uh, that's kind of what happens. It goes like on a day cycle. So on your first day, you you have to investigate fireworks going off and see what's going on with that. All the while you're talking to this lady who works at a, a fire watch on like, I guess, a, across the canyon, across a canyon from where you are. And yeah, just like interesting things start happening and um, you're tasked to do things at certain points. Uh, I do enjoy it, but it does also have one of the things I really do not like in uh, video games, which is aimless wandering to a certain mm, degree. Yeah. Uh, and not really knowing where you need to go. And something that really bugged me was I saved it after my first day. Like I saved it at the start of the next day. And when you load, when you go back to play it again, it doesn't, there's no map waypoints. It doesn't right. remind you what you were supposed to do. So I was literally aimlessly wandering until I got a, um, a pop-up saying I could use my walkie talkie just so I was like, Oh, maybe they'll give me a, tell me I'm way off of where I'm supposed to be or something. Like they give you a compass, but if you if it's been three days since you played it last, you might not remember where you were going. Right. Um, but I am intrigued um, to play the game more. I do like the dialogue. I like the story, and I like the myst- mystery about what's going on so far. So um, I'm having fun playing it, and I'll, I'm going to keep playing it. Anything else you've been playing? You know, I thought there's something that I've been playing. I just can't think of. So it must not be that important. (laughs) Um, How far are you in Firewatch? I'm only on day two. I'm I'm like maybe three or four hours in. Okay. I've done a lot of exploring because I've been aimlessly wandering. (laughs) There there definitely is a bit of that uh, aimless wander. I was going to say, because I think the main story is only four to five hours. Yeah, I've done a lot of wandering. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it is a beautiful place to wander, at least. Yeah, it looks great on the ultra wide too, on the ultra wide screen. What about the super ultra wide, Josh? I can't. I can't afford that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even have ultra wide, so I can't. We can start our own Patreon. Maybe I can afford an ultra wide, and you. Can, <laughs> I'll get a super ultra wide, and you can get a regular ultra wide. <laughs> that sounds good. Cool. All right, Josh. Well, for me, um, some repeats, but also some new stuff uh, of what I've been playing. Uh, first, just to say, uh, still playing Far Cry Six. Uh, probably put another 10 hours into it or so. So I'm probably at about 26 hours total into the game. Uh, still kind of working my way through it. Uh, I have decided I don't like the way the leveling system works. Uh, it's very like when you're all of a sudden like universally, it's just like, hey, you're now level nine and then like everything else levels up. And then you're like, now you're level 10. But it doesn't really change anything. I don't feel like like maybe it does, but it's all behind the scenes. Like, I don't know. But it just feels sure. weird when all of a sudden it's just like, hey, you're leveled up. Uh, I also think how you get guns and stuff in the game is a little bit weird uh, just because I've been using the exact same guns for a very long time because I was happened to maybe I got lucky. Maybe I did things right. Maybe it's supposed to be this way, but got some really good, like unique weapons that are like four star weapons, like right away. And then I'm trying these other things that I'm getting. I'm like, these just stink. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I've been using the same guns for a lot. Uh, and I also had a really odd thing happen, right? I had to do this mission and it was like, oh, you have to like save this person and this X number of hostages. 
Um, and I kind of messed up on the mission, so I only saved four of the six hostages. And they're like, well, you have to have at least two more people, you know, in order to like to to complete the mission. So you have to go find, go rescue two more people from like prison vans, and then like get them in your little truck, and then take them to where they need to go. I'm like, okay. So of course, I run out to the main road. I'm like, okay, where's a prison truck? Where's a prison truck? Getting a really kind of truck, not getting a prison truck, right? <laughs> so eventually, though, the game's just like, you did it. Like literally, the game was just like, never mind. You have everyone. Why don't you just go finish your mission? Now? <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I, A, I kind of appreciate that, but B, also like, why don't you just give me the thing that I need to finish it? Like, if you're just going to like, if you're just going to eventually be like, yo, you're good to go. Like, why yeah. did you make me go in this loop of trying to find <laughs> this thing and then not give me the thing I needed, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so obviously, you know, I, I'm still enjoying and really this game for a lot of it is just me kind of binding my time until the other things I want to play come out. Yeah. Um, I might put this aside and go back to some other things I hadn't finished up at the end of last year, but we'll see. I'm overall still enjoying it. Um, Also jumped into deep rock galactic, um, which has been out on PC and Xbox for a while, but it was a PlayStation plus game this month for January. Uh, So my overwatch crew decided we're going to take a break from that. We jumped into deep rock galactic Uh, and Josh, this is a kind of a fun little game. Like it's pretty exciting. Um, uh, going down and mining some stuff and coming back and doing upgrades and going back and doing it again. Excuse me. So I, I do appreciate um, that the game is both simple, like very simple conceptually of like go mine these things, but then there's still like the art of like finding it. Like, right. You get there and you're like, okay, now I gotta go find this stuff in this thing. And um, the fact that you have a limited number of bullets or ammo uh, and that you have to call it, you know, find other resources to be able to, call and supply drops so that you can get more of it and that there are big baddies in there that are challenging like it's not a simple walk in the park um if you don't want it to be like you do pick kind of the difficulty you want as you drop in uh and you know the different abilities of the different minor types of you know there's four different um uh, classes basically that you can pick from uh that they do have reasonably diverse things that they do but you can still do almost everything um no matter what type you of class you pick it just depends on like you also have to do it differently like if you don't have the ability to put platforms down but you can mine really efficiently like maybe you can mine up to the thing rather than putting the platform there and just jumping up to it so there's still you can kind of do everything um but yeah overall enjoying it i will say we did have one funny moment where like once you collect all the stuff you need you have to hit the little button on your robot guy and it calls in the drop pod for you to escape and then it's basically like getting to where the drop pod is going and escaping and during that time then you tend to get a whole bunch of enemies coming after you a whole bunch of spiders and creepy things well my group had this brilliant idea they're like well we know where we came in at and we still know how to get there why don't we just go back to there i'm like i don't think it works that way i'm like i think no matter where you are, like, once you hit the button, like, the drop pod is going to come somewhere and the robot's got to take us to it. And they're like, no, no, no. So we walked all the way back to, like, where we got dropped off, like, where we entered and hit the button on the drop pod. And it was, like, all the way back at where we had finished. So I think it purposely, like, makes you have to go find, like, fight your way basically to the drop pod. Um, but, yeah, it's a good fun. Um, it, you know, it if you're looking for a co-op game to play that has a ton of replay value that... I think you can easily sink probably hundreds of hours into no problem. Uh, I think Deep Rock Galactic is a is an easy place to start because um, who doesn't want to be you know space dwarves? That seems cool, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, on the board game side, and then I'll talk about my homework here quick. On the board game side, we are one series 
season, whatever they call it. We're basically one. We've played 21 of 24 games of my city. Yeah. So we're, we're just about done with it. I will say that, you know, so our, our hope is to finish it tomorrow since um, we're off of work tomorrow still um, yesterday when you're listening to this. Uh, overall, I do really like this game. It does get, I don't want to say long in the tooth because it does change things up as you kind of get towards the end of the game. Uh, but some of the changes that they make are, I don't want to say that they're challenging in the sense of difficult, but challenging in the sense of you don't really have control over like the order that you have to build buildings in. So it's like, oh, you must like put these buildings in this place. And you're like, cool. Well, if I don't get any of those buildings for the first 15 cards, like what am I supposed to do then? You know, yeah. so they're, but granted, everyone's in that position. So it's not like you yourself are like in a more difficult position than the other person is or the other people playing the game are. Um, but it, it does make it a little bit challenging sometimes to really, um, have a strategy that you felt good about or really feel like you maximized like what you were able to do that round. And it, it, typically it's a situation where like kind of everyone has a bad game at the same time, but that's not a good feeling for anyone. Right. Like right. you don't want to be the person who gets destroyed because someone has a really good game and you have a really bad game. But if all of you have a bad game, sometimes that's even worse because it's not like, Oh, I did something wrong or I should have done something differently. It's like the game was just against us that way, that time. Yeah. And that just doesn't really ever feel fun. Um, but overall still enjoying it. Like I said, if you're looking for a really, pretty straightforward entry-level uh legacy game i think my city is an easy recommendation um you know like i said it is 24 games that you have to play through but realistically i think when all of a sudden done this will have taken us about 12 hours to play yeah um because they only take about a, a 30 minutes a game especially once you get going they can get real real fast um but yeah especially for the price it's like 35 bucks retail um and then there is still, you know, the version of it that you can play forever after that. Um, so I think it's a really easy investment and really a, a really easy recommend um, if you're looking for to get into that legacy game area. The final nice. game then uh, is my homework, um, which yeah. was Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, I'm not super <laughs> far into this game, Josh, probably about 90 minutes, maybe two hours. Sure. Josh, I really like this game. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I really, really do. Now, let me, <clears throat> the caveat being, there are aspects of this game that I, I don't think will work for everyone. There are aspects of this game that I think could be very challenging for some people, um, just from a content standpoint and kind of what the game is talking about. And they actually, I think the game does a good job of giving kind of um, warnings about the content that's going to be covered in the game of saying, Hey, do you want to just know that these are the sorts of things you're going to be experiencing? These are the sorts of themes of the game. If that's not something you're interested in, maybe look a different direction. Like, I think they're very clear about that. Yeah. Ostensibly what it is, is a dungeon crawler dating sim where you're dating your weapons, right? Like that's kind of what you're doing in the game. Um, and by building up your connections with your weapons who are, people who can change into weapons and then transform back to people um you can both date them romantically but then also by building that connection it gives you extra abilities and, and things you can do in the dungeons when you're going with them the downfall to this structure though josh is the person so far that i like the most or that i'm most interested from a character perspective in is the weapon i like using the least <laughs> <laughs> so that's a very challenging dichotomy of like well i still socially want to go like do all of that stuff and see where this relationship goes with this person which gives me a lot of good benefits to that weapon in the dungeon but i never want to use that weapon in the dungeon um and alternatively there's one person so far that i think is a complete jerk that i haven't even 
talked to or gone on a date with, maybe they would be the best weapon. I have no idea, but I have done absolutely nothing with them. Um, so who knows? Maybe I'm missing out on that part of it. And maybe it would be really, really good. Um, and maybe I eventually will have to go see them. I don't know. Uh, but I am planning to continue to play this game because I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Uh, yeah. So Boyfriend Dungeon, like I said, it is quirky. There's not going to be a lot of other games out there like it. Uh, do take the... Um, content warnings at the beginning very seriously because they do cover them and they do cover them pretty in depth um so if that is something that worries you definitely choose to opt out of that situation but if you are looking for a very quirky unique dungeon crawl uh, i think boyfriend dungeon honestly especially since it's on game pass uh is an easy recommend so all right josh with that let's move on to our topics of the show what is your first topic this week well kyle we talk a lot about unions and employees striking and jobs where they're being treated unfairly. But I think this is the first for me on two fronts. One, uh, have you ever heard of the game called Foxhole? I have not. (laughs) Two, have you ever heard of players striking? No. Well, that's what's happening. (laughs) Okay. Tell me more. So Foxhole, this is coming from Kotaku of all places. So take what you hear from me with the green of salt. <laughs> uh, so Foxholes, it's a top-down shooter where players uh, take on various roles in uh, large-scale battles. And one of those roles is um, logistical, the logistical side, which involves um, crafting weapons, uh, etc. But a group of players who uh, are doing that role are on what they say is a strike. Because they quote, we well, quote, we believe that Foxhole should not have a gameplay experience that causes its players this much frustration. <laughs> Unquote. I have so many questions, but let's keep going. Uh, while others run around the battlefield shooting at each other, Foxhole's entire war effort hinges upon the work of logistics players who have to gather resources, craft items, then transport them to the front line. Without them, there are no supplies. With no supplies, there is no war. Uh, so <laughs> I guess my first question is, cause we don't need to get into the foxhole on this one. Uh, <laughs> nice. thank you. Um, uh, just don't play the game. Why go, why, why are you going on strike? <laughs> it's, I guess it's essentially the same thing, but if you don't enjoy a game mechanic, why play the game? Maybe I'm crazy. Well, no, you're not. There there definitely is what you're saying is what most people would do, right? Like if they don't like something, they're going to be like, no, this just isn't uh, for me. I'm going to go play something different, whatever. However, in reading like kind of about this and like what this role does, I don't know that there's a lot of other games that deliver a similar experience, right? right? Like what these players are doing in this type of game where you are part of a team, you are responsible for getting the supplies to the people who are then running around and shooting each other. Okay. Virtually, obviously um, that, that's not something that really is out there. Like I, I can't think of another game that does that much. Like, yes, you have like engineers and games who do might be able to do some stuff and you have like supports and things like that. But like, we're literally, you're like, we are giving you the resources. Like if you need, we have to like go and like get resources to make ammunition to give to like, that's not really a thing that exists out there. So I can see, where if this is something you're really passionate about and you think is yeah. really cool and unique, you're like, hey, I want to do this thing 
but you are making it very hard for all of us who want to do this thing to do this thing, and you need to make some changes and adjustments. Yes. So this group, they call themselves the Logistics Organization for General Improvement, or LAGI, if you will, wrote an open letter to the company saying that, quote, our frustration has begun to eclipse our patience. Uh, and give, they gave developers until January 10th to, quote, provide specific and detailed feedback about the feasibility of implementing solutions regarding these concerns, unquote. They're giving the developers a timeline now on what they want. They have a list of 11 demands. <laughs> and I'm saying demands because I really feel like that's what it feels like. I'm not going to read them out loud because it probably makes sense only to the people playing the game, but it's they gave them a date and demands. <laughs> it just seems so bizarre to me that this is something that is even happening. They like, I mean, I guess more power to them. I just maybe don't like the way that they're going about it. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, like we're frustrated with this and like do you guys have any uh, any patches and planned or what? Instead of like, change your game so it suits our like gameplay better or I don't know what the ultimatum is. They're not going to play anymore, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like a very bizarre story to me, so I figured we should talk about it a little bit. Um, but ultimately, I don't know. For me, I'll say this. There's one thing if... People make a game and they find out that what they made was um, not functioning properly or the way they mm -hmm. planned and fixing that or listening to feedback. I think it's a different thing for people to be demanding you do things. And that's where I think I side a little less with these guys than maybe some other people would. So the one thing I, I do appreciate about what they're doing here, though, is I... I think a lot of people are going to go off and just play something different. Yeah. But I guess you're, you're being very clear of to the developer of like, Hey, here's why I'm leaving. I'm not playing your game anymore. Yes, right. Like that's you're giving me very pointed specific feedback. Now, maybe the developer doesn't care about that feedback or they're doing things the way they are for very specific reasons. And maybe you just don't agree with them just because, you know, as somebody who plays overwatch a lot, like there are things that I wish were different that aren't, but, you know, and honestly, like, hey, we have, you know, for at least a while here, moved on to something different. But having, hey, here's why we're leaving. Here's the thing that, you know, we think you could do to improve or, or what you could do to get us to come back. And maybe they're not interested. Maybe they read what those things are and they're like, that's not how, the way we want to balance the game. Yeah. Okay, good riddance then. Like, you know, at least then, I guess, theoretically, the developer knows. I. The striking thing kind of does, I, I, I think the striking thing implies a different a relationship that isn't accurate right like right it's like hey i bought it's it would be like hey i got this game i really enjoy a large part of it but i really don't like when i have to do this and i feel like it's unbalanced are you guys working on that to that me go or me going like hey i bought your game i really like it but like man this guy this 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 part sucks and you really have to change it because nobody's having fun with it like they're like our our tenth demand. Snowstorms should not happen on the first day of a war. <laughs> right. What if there's a snowstorm during that time <laughs> of the year? Like, uh, what a weird demand. Anyways, uh, we'll see what happens from it. Um, I'll keep my eyes on it uh, as January tenth has come and passed. 
So uh, we'll see what has happened uh, from it. But like the first comment is, wow, I barely played this game with a week or two long stint, and those demands are pretty much the annoyances I noticed in the first week. Um, so, I mean, the first person commented kind of agrees. Um, yeah, that striking thing is just weird. It is it's weird. just a weird, like that, that defines, that assumes a relationship that just doesn't exist. I guess if you want to look at it the positive way, it does imply that they want to keep playing it. It does. Absolutely. Which is good. Which is but good. Yeah. Just, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh. Well, hey, let's, uh. Let's wait move on to a better topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry to disappoint. Let's wade into this one. Um, <clears throat> so this story uh, comes from the fine folks over at Dicebreaker, and I'm probably going to be reading quite a bit of this just to ensure that I am accurately depicting what has sure. occurred. Um, because this is this is a, a challenging topic to discuss for sure. This is by Chase Carter um, over at Dicebreaker. Uh, tabletop simulator removes global chat amid allegations of transphobic homophobic moderation other user alleges she was banned multiple times or excuse me one user alleges she was banned multiple times for simply mentioning her gender and sexual identity so uh the development studio behind tabletop simulator publishing an apology on january 9th following one user's thoroughly documented accusation that moderators for the popular digital board game sandbox have been carrying out what she called suppression of gay trans identities within the community um I'm going to go a little further down to kind of skip some of the the things that are talked about here um, and just go to uh, the link document shows multiple conversations in Tabletop Simulator's global chat channel, which players used to talk with each other and find groups for games, where Zoe Allard was seemingly banned from mentioning being gay. One moderator, Jorp, explained that it could have been the autoban script while referencing a previously posted link to Tabletop Simulator's chat rules, specifically a bolded portion at the beginning that reads, Quote, when using global chat, there's an expectation that discussion will be family friendly and centered around tabletop simulator, tabletop games, and chatting with other players. So Allard responds with, quote, are you saying being gay is not family friendly, unquote, before being kicked from the chat for inappropriate behavior. Um, When Zoe Allard received no response from direct email to Berserk Games, she entered the official TTS Discord server on January 7th, TTS being tabletop simulator, and petitioned a mod named Cherry? I'm going with <laughs> uh, directly in the ensuing conversation. Cherry told Zoe Allard that tabletop simulator is about playing tabletop games, not a place to discuss sexuality, fetishes, politics. Keep that to your private lobbies or public chats where these things are the topic at hand. So there's much, much more here that you can read um, and can go on. But Josh, number one, I just want to say before we get into this, being a community manager for any game development per studio is probably exceedingly hard. I don't think it's an yeah. easy thing by any means. So let me just get out ahead and say that I think being a ta- being a community manager is very very challenging. But Josh, how do you balance um, creating a place that is welcoming for all of your users? Yeah. But also, do you think it's unrealistic for, or do you think where's the balance between? Tabletop Simulator being like, look, you know, in our chat, we just want you to be talking about board games. That's really all we're looking for. Yeah. Versus also p- players being able to express themselves, who they are, all that good stuff. So I read a lot about this while it was happening, too, because it's all over board game Twitter, which is a lot of people yeah. I follow. Pretty much everyone canceling Preserve Games immediately and saying yeah. they're not going to use uh, Tabletop Simulator anymore. Um, and this is something that 
one, we have to take seriously, but two, I think it's also something that um, nowadays people are so quick to just all aboard one way or the other. It's you're on one train or the other train without getting any context. Uh, I, I agree with you. Being a mod for anything or or public relations for anything must be terrifying these days and extremely difficult. I understand how this person felt, and I'm sure that the comments that they got from other people were not very productive. But I also respect, to a degree, I respect the line that says, we want our chats to not involve sexuality um, in conversations like that, because I do get it. If you're playing on Tabletop Simulator and you're playing Ticket to Ride with your kids and other people that are strangers online, it might be, uh, what's the way I want to word this? When I have a conversation about with my son about um, sexuality or genders or gender specifics, it's on my terms. It's not on a stranger's terms. And I, I'm the one who's in charge to educate him. And if I need help educating him, then I would reach out to the people who have the answers to the questions I don't have. So I feel like it could be it's murky waters trying to navigate around that conversation because I also would not want to make anyone feel singled out or marginalized or or anything that, that people who I can't relate to go through. I think that some of the things that came across were defensive, but I also get why they would be defensive. Um, like the part where they said about like the fetishes. Yeah. Um, then they were like, well, are you saying that I'm gay as a fetish? Like, you don't know that that's what that person was saying. You're just upset at this situation, I think. And that's like a take on it. Maybe they were just reading off of a line from like, this is our guidebook on this is what you say when someone has this question. Because you're trying to tell a large group of people who answer questions online to say the same thing to every person who has a similar question. Right. That's not, I'm not also discounting the fact that they could also be um, homophobic or transphobic also. There's no way to, for me to know that. Um, so I don't like, it's just kind of crazy for, to me, I think like, but I, I'm part of a lot of board game groups on Facebook Mm -hmm. One of the only reasons why I use Facebook. And they ban a lot of stuff. Politics, uh, hate speech, um, and like anything that is not. There's one board game group I'm part of that you can't talk about anything that isn't board game related. Yeah. So I think if you're talking about a game like Fog of Love, I think that's totally fine to talk about um, the gay relationships in that in that scenario. The same-sex gender relationships or if there's non-binary ones. Like that's totally fine. Because you're talking about the game, mm -hmm. um, but I also it's it's like I said it's weird because like I also don't want to say you should never be able to talk about your gender identity or your sexual preferences, but if it comes up organically in a conversation, not like I don't know, I don't know how it came up originally. Yeah, but I also know this person was was their defense was like, well, I've seen plenty of conversations about people being straight not getting banned, and I'm and I always just want to be like, well, I would I would like to see the context that that came up in as well. So I could have form an opinion on that because otherwise it's just kind of hearsay on that. Like I'm sure they have, but I haven't 
seen anyone like bringing that up with screenshots and stuff. Yeah, but I think the the challenge to that though, right, is if they then did have screenshots of all of that stuff. Yeah, then they have that, to be well, level. Well, right, but what I'm saying though then is, are the is that person then just going to get accused of like purposely trying to you know pick a fight basically in the sense of like you know what I'm saying like because yeah. if you're like because realistically if you think about it if I would like if I went on it went into a Discord for a game place and was like hey my wife and I are looking for someone to play this game with us on tabletop simulator in that right there in that context I have already made some very clear statements about my heterosexuality like a whole bunch of other things oh shit most people would never take a second look at right so like there are ways that we just naturally condone those sorts of things without a second thought and say well of course that's fine right and then so that's where it kind of becomes this gray area of like well, we say that we don't allow you to express or talk about these things. But if you say that, like we don't even because of, you know, the heteronormative way we tend to see the world, like we don't immediately go like, well, technically that is expressing something about your sexuality. So why wouldn't that user get banned then? Right? Sure. And, and I guess to be honest, I don't think that this person should have been banned, period. I don't. Either. It should have <laughs> just been a conversation like, hey, we like we support. And maybe they don't support that person. Maybe that's the problem. But it should have been like, hey, we support your decision to, to do whatever you want. But like, this is a board game space and we just want people to talk about board games. Right. But like you said, like, you say you have referred to your wife as your partner. So what if you were trying to play a tabletop simulator? Yeah. And you're like, my partner and I are looking for two other people. And then like, is there, does that open the door for them to have a conversation with you about sex sexual preference or should they just mind their business you know what i mean like right yeah like where is that line and who's drawing it and 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 really if there are people that work for berserk games who are transphobic or 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 homophobic or anything or heterophobic like then they shouldn't be part of that company or that company should make decisions on how to handle that yeah well and i do think this is honestly on top of um, Berserk Games got in a little bit of hot water because last year they talked about wanting to bring Tabletop Simulator up to like add additional languages and all these other things um, and they were doing it like with unpaid work from users. Yeah. So that's where th- I think this then kind of now amplifies that of like well are their Discord moderators paid employees? Right, right. You know because if they're not that this is where these things this is where it's much easier to have miscommunication it's much easier to have a misunderstanding of guidelines community like the way you want things wrong because you're not compensating these people you're probably haven't done like you maybe did some training with them or they got tabletop simulator for free or something like sure maybe that compensation but that makes to me a huge difference than in like the expectations and, and the how deft i expect someone to be able to handle a situation right this right like if you are yeah yeah the paid community manager for a company, my guess is you're going to be a little more capable and deft at working through this experience than if you are like a ta- um, someone who's like, well, I'm just here to be a mod and help out. Like you said earlier, the policy says like you can't talk about any of these things, yeah. recognizing that maybe you shouldn't include fetishes in that because that's immediately going to be like, well, because of historically of the way that LGBT fa- folks have been treated, are you now lumping them into that group? Because historically that used to happen. Like there's a lot, that's right. a slippery slope, right. You right. know, and that you're starting to go down. So I do, I do think it does have a lot of um, 
a lot of connection there too of just who is doing this work for berserk and how slow they were to respond because who that is actually paid by them is paying attention and active in their discord and doing those yeah. sorts of things you know so my i mean microsoft a lot of their tech support is by unpaid um xbox fans yep you can join you can sign up and just be an xbox expert and when you have questions microsoft doesn't even know you're asking it just directs you right to someone who's willing to do it for free and we all wear that as a badge of honor for some <laughs> ridiculous reason <laughs> I, I mean I, I don't necessarily do I, I i was part of that program i had opted to not do that portion of it yeah um but you know some people are happy to help people for free yeah i don't know like hmm if you're re- like, I get the fact of like, you're really passionate about something, but if you are working for literally a multi-trillion dollar company, you should never <laughs> do something for free for them. I'm just sure. saying, sure. I don't think that should happen. So I don't uh, disagree with you. Anything else, Josh, about tabletop, similar berserk games, anything else that you want to mention about this whole situation? I'm um, kind of like you did allude to there. There are um, some pretty um, notable folks in the industry who have spoken out pretty harshly against kind of everything that happened here and yeah. the way that Berserk handled it. Um, and, and with the weight that tabletop simulator holds in the industry I, and having, you know, um, Patrick leader and James Hudson and other people come, come down pretty hard on this. I, I, I anticipate there are going to continue to be changes at tabletop simulator moving forward, but uh, anything else you want to yeah. say? Any other thoughts? I, I mean, I think it's, a, it's interesting that some of these people who swore off tabletop simulator, may or may not have worked on a Blizzard property board game in the past year and have not been outspoken against Blizzard Activision. That's what I'll say about that. Okay, there you go. All right, Josh, <laughs> what is your second topic? Uh, uh, my second topic is uh, get it while you can. If you can, I don't recommend you get it, but if you want say. it, now's the time to get it. <clears throat> um Something that I noticed a couple of weeks ago is uh, usually at the end of the month, Xbox uh, or Game Pass will show like lists of games that are leaving Game Pass at the end of the month. And I noticed Pandemic was on there, um, which I thought was interesting because it's, you know, it came, it launched on Game Pass. It hasn't left. <clears throat> I just figured, well, no big deal because it's pretty much a broken game. It's not a very good representation of the board game. Uh, and then, uh, uh, just a couple of days ago, um, uh, Asmodee uh, via or well, Z-Man Games via Asmodee or however you want to work it, uh, have announced that Pandemic's digital version will be removed from all stores um, eventually. So now it is currently no longer available, not only on Game Pass, but also not on the Microsoft Store. And... Um, by the end of the, uh, by the 30, oh, sorry, you can get it on Microsoft until the 31st of this month. Um, and then the Switch version will no longer be available by the end of July. So PC and Xbox, and I don't think it came on PlayStation, right? Um, but iOS, Google Play, Steam, even the app versions are going away. Uh, People were kind of curious about why this was happening. Uh, Asmodee didn't really give anyone an answer, but um, there was a user who got the game who asked, you know, what was going on with this, and they responded saying, quote, first of all, we wanted to thank you and all the Pandemic players for your loyalty and support over time. Unfortunately, we are taking Pandemic app off the stores. 
We have worked hard over the four years on pandemic and withdrawing it from the stores has not been an easy choice. The decision was made with a heavy heart for a multitude of reasons that we cannot disclose. Uh, this is through Dicebreaker. Dicebreaker suspects that they are perhaps going to have Asmodee Digital release an inclusive digital app for pandemic, like kind of like the Catan universe app that's out there, which actually is not very good either. Um, <laughs> and it's loaded with microtransactions. Um, but realistically, I think it's probably um, them noticing how it's a subpar version of the game and maybe they either decide to can it permanently or to rebuild and make it again. Um, but either way, if you're interested in getting Pandemic, uh, get it while you can. I think it's like five bucks on iOS and Android uh, and Steam, which could hardly be gone. Though, no, you don't recommend this game. I do not recommend this game. Uh, just go buy the board game at Target or Walmart. But it's way uh, more than $5. Or go buy the World of Warcraft version of it. You know, support Blizzard while you're out there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, keep your eyes. You didn't play this, right? You didn't play this one at all? Digitally? I did not, know because you talked about how bad it was, so then I did not play it. Yeah, it's real bad. Um, actually makes the game bad. And and if it was the only version of Pandemic I played, I would never play it again. <laughs> so there you go. Take that warning as you will. But if you want to get it, you can still get it. So what do you think what do you think they're going to do? I think they're just going to release a better version of it in like a year or 6 months and then put it back out probably charge $30 for it cuz people are crazy. Um I did want to mention they're also doing Everdell Digital by the people who did the Root Digital version. Yep. Uh so we will be getting that as well. Um but the story wasn't really enough to cover just that on its own. But yeah. Pandemic say bye to Pandemic. Not the real pandemic, just the game. (laughs) Yeah, I wish. Maybe this is what they they were they found out that in order for like COVID to end, they have to remove their game from digital distribution, and they're like, "Well, fine by me." (laughs) Josh is like, "I'm in. Let's do it." I'll give you my physical game too to end the pandemic. (laughs) What would be the limit of what you'd give up to end the pandemic? If they're like, "Okay, Josh." You have to give up one My thing. Child. <laughs> so anything other than your child, you're good to Probably. go. Probably, yeah. I mean, I would be. I would be. Res- I would be resentful to all the selfish people who didn't try to help uh, end this pandemic. You know, Josh. One day, one day, we'll be able to record a podcast and not have any technical issues. But today is not that day. So here's our tra- awkward transition from Josh's second topic to my second topic. Right. Uh, Josh, by chance, have you looked at the link that I have in the in the show notes? If you no. haven't, that's fine. Don't look at it. Don't look at it? Don't look at it. Okay. Because <laughs> here's what I would like you to do, Josh. Oh, boy. This link are the top 10 most talked about video games on Twitter for 2021. Okay. For last year. From last year. Most top ten most talked about games. So Josh, what do you think the most talked about games on Twitter were in twenty twenty one? I'm gonna guess not all of them released or are they games that did come out? Uh let me put it as far as I know, all of these games are games that are currently out. Okay. Because I just assume Breath of the Wild 2 and or B totally talked about last year. Um, uh, one thing I will say is that 
for the most part, these are individual games, though one of them is like a is the Twitter handle for a game series. Oh, it's Twitter handle. Yeah. So like yeah, so most of them are like Twitter handles for individual games. One though is like the handle for an entire series. Okay. So games talked about on Twitter in twenty twenty one. Yes. Overwatch. Okay. Valorant. Okay. Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Twitter, it's just such a weird place. It uh, is a weird place. FIFA. Okay. Definitely not Madden. Um, I also don't want to assume it's going to be a Pokemon Unite. Okay. Uh, Stardew Valley. Okay. Animal Crossing. Okay. Is that 10? That is seven. Oh man. Uh <laughs> inscription. Okay. Uh what about Death Stranding Director's Cut? Okay. I know I'm probably it's gonna be so obscure that I'm not gonna get any of them, right? Uh uh Last one uh Smash Smash Brothers Melee? Not Melee, Ultimate, whatever this one is. <laughs> All right, Josh. You got of the top ten. You got one of them. <laughs> okay, it's going to be JRPGs, right? <laughs> <clears throat> so here they are from 10 to 1. And then afterwards, Josh, we're going to have a conversation about how much we actually know about video games. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so number 10, this one actually, not surprising, I don't think. Fortnite. Ugh, okay. Okay. Number 9, and this is a game that I don't know if it's out or not. I don't even know what the game this is. Project Sakai. Okay, never heard of it. Number 8 is Minecraft. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Number seven, Knives Out. Not the movie, but the game. I heard about this recently. Yeah, it's a uh it's a battle royale. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh number six, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. So nice work on the Animal Crossing. Hey, go me. Uh number five, Fate Grand Order. Okay. Number four, and this was the one that um is like the the brand one, is Final Fantasy. Can you spell Project Sakai? Uh, S-E-K-A-I. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, okay. It's, Hats- th- it's uh, Hatsune Miku. I know what that is. Yeah. Uh, number three, Ensemble Stars. All right. So, yeah, I see where this is going. <laughs> but, 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 number two, Apex Legends. Wow. Really? Yep. And number one, Genshin Impact. This okay. This doesn't mean that we aren't uh, don't know about gaming. This means we don't live in Japan. <laughs> That's all that means. Josh, in 2021, there were more than 2.4 billion tweets about gaming, up 14 percent year over year, and a more than 10 time increase from 2017. And Q4 2021 was the biggest quarter for gaming conversation ever on Twitter. Nice, go gaming. So, Josh, what do you think it means? How many of these games in the top 10 have you played? <laughs> what? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five. That's pretty good. That's half of them. <laughs> uh, I have played, well, I guess I technically have played some Final Fantasies. So, Apex Final Fantasy. I guess I have played five as well. I've played, I played every games. game that's available in my region on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you think? Do you think, though, how, 
obviously some many of these games are much more popular in Japan, Korea, thing, China, things like that. Yeah. Um, how do you think that will impact gaming from our perspective moving forward? Knowing that obviously that uh, there's a ton of engagement happening globally around games that aren't even available in the United States. If you are Xbox, if you are Nintendo, if you are PlayStation, yeah. What impact does that have on what you're doing? How do you think that might impact the games that we see in the future? What are your thoughts just about, you know, the trend of like half these games are games that we can't even play? Well, Kyle, for as long as I've been gaming, there have been games released in Japan I've never been able to play. From the Nintendo to the PlayStation uh, and the most egregious, the Dreamcast. Uh, True. Good there are more Dreamcast games that release in Japan than were ever even made in the United States. Um, uh, It's just something that we've always just, it's always been around. uh, And I think if I was more into JRPGs, it would affect my gaming more personally. Um, But a lot of people here seek out ports. They're more, they get their finger on the pulse of these games uh, and they know more about them. Yeah. But that just doesn't like not my like I like some JRPGs, but mostly not, you know, it's few and far between. So uh it doesn't really affect me. Actually, I don't even think I thought about this for ten years. I haven't even rem- like remembered that there's games that come out in Japan that don't come out here. I mean, I've always known it, but it's never been right on the top of my brain. Like, I wonder what games came up last week in japan that i'll never see like i don't ever think of it that way but i know it's like it's a reality um and same for them there's a lot of there's a lot of people in japan who are into the eastern or western what do they consider us western eastern depending on the compass <laughs> uh like they they probably like a lot of games that come out in the states because they can't go into japan because of violence or nudity like i mean we don't have too many nudity games but there's a lot of games that gets that get censored or edited or just never released in other countries that are for the United States. Um, not nearly as many uh, games as they have that we don't see, but um, clearly they're talking about it more than us. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> for me, I think that was the the biggest um, revelation was just how much conversation happens around that more than what we have and also just how much like you know the games that sometimes we think of as the biggest games really aren't you know like they might be like still very big theoretically but in the grand scheme of gaming globally uh some of those games that we really love just aren't as big you know they they don't necessarily hold the same um level of prestige globally that they do just in our area and and for me that's one of the the things i definitely get a little bit fixated on like our games and the things that you know we want or that i want or or that i think would be good for you know gaming here but keeping in mind that you know all of the companies that work on games and and our global companies for the most part at least the ones that we have access to right like yeah you know they're global companies so they're not just looking at what's good for the u.s they're looking at what is going to be good for you know japan and south korea it's china you know and playstation's put a huge initiative with the work they're doing in china and things like that and i I made the joke the other day about like (laughs) you know genshin impact has shown us that you can release a really deep rpg for zero dollars 
Um, and obviously, very clearly, it's being very, very successful. You know, you don't have to have a $60, $100, 100-hour um, product for people to buy it. Like, they will spend $0 and then initially and spend a lot of money over the 500 hours, you know, they put into your game yeah. um, down the line. So I think that that is – I'm really – surprised with how popular Genshin Impact is the fact that it is really only PC mobile PlayStation the fact that it's not on Switch yet yeah. it hasn't even been announced for Xbox yet um that to me is kind of surprising that it has uh that reach with just those platforms but man I always kind of joke about Genshin Impact but it's obviously killing it right now so uh, yeah. for, fun, for fun Josh what do you think the top where was this where did this go uh the most tweeted about gaming events there's only five listed. Um, what do you think? What just, just what do you think was number one most tweeted about gaming event for 2021? E3. It is E3 2021 was the most game tweeted about, uh, with the game awards being second. Hmm, that makes sense. So, yeah, and then Xbox Game Showcase, Gamescom, and then the Summer Game Fest were the top five. Oh, so, no PlayStation, Xbox with reason with. Well, for me, I was actually really surprised that there was no um, Nintendo. Yeah, that's the one that I thought for sure would be up there. Like probably because they're less Xbox or PlayStation. The PlayStation Nintendo one seemed less like events and more like updates. Like they weren't yeah, like that's true, I big suppose. big showcases. I mean, they did feature big content, but like it wasn't like an event. I don't know. I guess that there's they do them enough during the year that they come across as updates to me. Yeah, that could be. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe they're not included. Who knows? But and I guess. Oh yeah, I don't know. They're both arguably but. better than the Xbox one, so like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really thought the Nintendo Direct stuff would be in there, but maybe they're yeah, what for whatever reason it's not hashtagged out or whatever, but uh the other thing that um I felt very old and watching this. There's a whole bunch of esports stuff, which wasn't all that surprising to me, but they have a whole bunch of stuff on here about the most tweeted about gaming creators um yeah. and top grading gaming creators by video views and by followers gain and I mean Video views like some some non surprising ones in there like Tim the Tatman and Doctor Disrespect and stuff, but like the most tweeted about gaming creators, uh, I think I knew who none of them were. Was like uh, <laughs> Corpse Husband and Dream on there. Corpse Husband and Dream are both on okay. there. Nice job, nice job. <laughs> so yeah, I have no idea who either of those people. I think I've heard of Dream. I think, um, but yeah, no. They idea. both don't show their faces. That's what they're famous for. Oh, okay, okay. And Mr. Beast talks has dream on a lot. Gotcha. But yeah, so that's uh, just areas of the, you know, video game sphere that I'm just not connected with. But there you go. Banner year for gaming on Twitter. Uh, we'll see what the most talked about game in 2022 is. Maybe it'll just be Genshin Impact again. <laughs> so cool. All right. So with that, we will move on to our homework updates. Um, obviously, every two weeks, Josh and I give one another some homework to work on. Um, report back on how it goes and we sign each other new homework obviously josh talked about firewatch i already talked about boyfriend dungeon those were our assignments for last week um josh what is your assignment for me this week for two weeks from now well you have to play tainted grail on pc game pass i don't think it's on xbox game pass i believe it is only pc as well um what why why am i playing tainted grail josh because it is in a genre of game that you like okay I uh, actually I had saw it on the notes. I already downloaded it. I so. figured. <laughs> Excellent. Uh Josh, you know what you need to do within the next two weeks? What's that? You need to play a board game. Okay. <laughs> Any board game. All right. Uh let me let me rephrase. You need to play a board game you haven't talked about on the show before. 
Okay, so something I haven't played before. <laughs> yeah, so that is what you need to do. Okay. Though if you want to go ahead and... So is the new, the Ascension Anniversary Edition, is it basically just the base Ascension again, or do they make significant changes to it? It's base Ascension. It has ugh, new art on all the cards. It has a new board. Um, oh, yeah, look at that. Uh, but all the cards are the same. Uh, except I don't think like Cetra Weaver of the Stars was in the original remastered cards for improved gameplay. So they did change some of the cards. Um, I won't count this as my game, but I do want to try to play it. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm in, I'm excited to to get it to the table I, uh, without having to mix up all the expansions from the other sets. Just play a regular old game of Ascension. Gotcha. All right. So Josh needs to play a new board game. I have to play Tainted Grail on PC Game Pass. Uh, with that, Josh, we actually got a question this week because we actually asked for questions this week. So, <laughs> so what do we got? <clears throat> okay. Uh, Splig at Dopalicious on Twitter uh, asked a question. Uh, he says, ever thought of doing a board with video games must owns list a la Dice Tower Essentials? As someone who doesn't have the time slash finances slash friends, it's hard to get a game to the table and it's a flop, kids games aside. Uh, maybe pick a genre slash theme and a few games of each with different flavors. Uh, we could totally do that. Uh, we should do that. We will I do agree. that. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's let's totally do that. That is a great question slash suggestion, Splig. Thanks so much. So uh, be looking for that in the future. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other recommendation, suggestion, or thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what's your recommendation this week? My recommendation is Peacemaker on HBO Max. This is a spinoff from the Suicide Squad movie starring John Cena, written and directed by James Gunn. It is crazy. It's over the top. It's funny. It's interesting. It has a crazy um, uh, opening intro to the show that they play before, like they play on every episode. Uh, the first three episodes are already out. They release new episodes on Thursdays. There are, I believe, nine, eight. There are eight episodes in the season. Um, and it's just really good. It's very well done. It's James Gunn. It feels just like one of his movies, except you're going to get eight, eight hours of it instead of two. Uh, I would say you should watch Suicide Squad before you watch this, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Um, if you really don't want to, they do give you a previously on Suicide Squad at the start of Peacemaker Episode 1. So if you really don't want to watch Suicide Squad, uh I guess you don't have to, but it just gives you more context for the character, which I think is important because you do have to remember Peacemaker is still a bad guy. So that's important to remember when you watch the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's very, very, very good. Good. Good to hear. Well, I always get hesitant to recommend shows when I haven't finished them, but it seems like Peacemaker's off to a great start. People are really enjoying it. So Yes. Awesome. Uh, my recommendation is something I kind of forgot was coming out but i really enjoyed the first season the first season kind of like took things by storm uh that is cheer season two uh on netflix now um i will say that 
what is very interesting about Cheers season two is it does cover two seasons of competition. So basically, the show is about following um, college cheer teams and, or a college cheer team. And this season two spoiler covers two college cheer teams um, and, and kind of follows them as they prepare for their national competition. Uh, the first season was a hit. Uh, a lot of the people who um, were on it became very, very famous and um, were on, you know, many other shows and, and got a lot of publicity. Uh, season two is interesting because it both reckons with kind of what the impact that that has on them. Uh, but also then some very bad things have happened with some of the people um, that oh. were on season one. like really bad <laughs> okay um so there is very challenging topics that are covered in the season because of what um i, I don't even want to say accused anymore because they have basically said it did happen um really bad things were done by some of the people from the main people from season one that honestly i didn't know about which surprised me that i had no clue of and then i started watching it and I was like, what? <laughs> um, and they ta- start talking about it right away. So you know they're not going to. So they basically, the show starts and is kind of is it as present day as they can be. Yeah. And then rewinds to January of 2020. Um, and then kind of moves from that okay. point forward. Uh, but it's it's really good. Um, they will definitely give you context of what is going to be talked about immediately in the first episode. So if you don't think you can handle that or don't want to hear about that, then just don't watch the show. Um, but if it is something that you want to learn more about, um, this season is um, very messy. And, and not in like that the production is bad or anything like that. Just what everyone is dealing with is really messy. Yeah. Um, and it, it definitely shows a little bit of the challenging sides to publicity and and being um somewhat famous um so that's cheer season two on netflix nice josh what do you say we wrap this show up let's do it thanks for joining us everyone in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board with Fiji, you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board with Fiji. so feel free to give us a five star rating over there also if you want to communicate in the more long form you're just not feeling social media please feel free to email us at board with Fiji at gmail.com we tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji, so please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, and Steam at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can the people find you? So you can find me at all of the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, just like Splig did, uh, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. (laughs)